She's a mother of three, a registered nurse, and now entrepreneur who's changing the food world. Joni Conwell Moore is the owner and founder of Snacktivist. Hi, Joni. Hi, nice to see you. Thank you. Great to great to be with you. I take it we're at your home, uh, yeah. Coeur d'Alene. Yes, working from home today. Three kids out of school. Well, in school, but at home. So yeah, downtown Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, beautiful and booming Coeur d'Alene, from what I hear. Yes. Yeah, we're experiencing a lot. A lot of the growth that um, Boise area is also experiencing. So. Really good. Well, Joni, your company caught our eye because you've landed on a concept to create healthy snacks and ingredients. Will, will you tell us about it? Yeah. So Snacktivist is a company that's really dedicated to transforming our food system to make it healthier and more sustainable. And because we'd like to look at a, the broader category of grains, uh, we started with dry baking mixes. That's a great you know, entry point into the market. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, like if you're a lean startup person, you have to go for an area that you feel like you can actually service, a serviceable uh, sector. And uh, we saw some opportunities there. So we do make a line of baking mixes. We trialed a line of finished product cookies. Uh, we're still going to move forward with that, but it's on hold right now because we're experiencing really um, intense growth with our dry baking mixes. So, So business is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at four, 4,600% of growth right now. Yeah, so that's great. I mean, it presents its own challenges, but I'll take it. Okay. I feel really good. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. So for, uh, it's, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, lactose-free, organic, fair yeah. trade. Did I capture it right? Yeah, you did. Um, also, all of our products are currently non-GMO um, as well. And so, you know, really what we started to realize, I'm a nurse and so working with health a lot, um, I, I started to really notice that a lot of the core or, or origin of our health care issues that we treat in the cardiac ICU stem from diet. And I do think that there, you know, I definitely see a, a like a epidemic of diet related sensitivities and allergies and my my own family experienced this pretty profoundly and so um uh oh i hear people coming in i am on a recorded interview no you have to stay in the backyard you have to stay in the backyard sorry bye <laughs> sorry about and you that say it with, and you do it with a smile <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so um you know and so we really focused when we looked at the whole grain vertical um i mean there's it, it's a staple of civilization you know from wheat to corn to rice it, it they're a very important food group and it's often neglected i think when it comes to health revolutions um i really think we need to focus on our grain sector and um so starting with allergy free was a natural starting point for us because so many people who are looking for an alternative, they're looking for a solution to their problem. It is landing them in the in the free from category. And that's where people are starting to go, okay, I feel better when I cut out bread or I feel better when I cut out XYZ milk, dairy milk. Not that there's, I personally don't think they're bad foods. There's no such thing as bad food. I um, but I, I see firsthand every day that people will have massive transformations in their physical and their mental health when they cut certain foods out. <laughs> I saw also, and I should know this, but I, I don't, you mentioned ancient grains. Can you tell us about that? Well, um, yeah, I'm very, very passionate about the ancient grains category because 
When you look at human consumption patterns over the last 30,000 years since the dawn of agriculture, um, people used to eat a very wide variety of different grains. Um, they had to. They had to mix things in just to, to survive. And it's not until recently that um, human populations really had this huge hyper-concentrated you know, glut of, let's just pick on wheat. I mean, wheat's an amazing plant. It's an amazing food. I actually think it's a, it's a fabulous food at the core of what it is. But, um, you know, according to the USDA, people have about doubled their wheat um, ingestion rates annually from 1945 to 1995. And that's when we started to see this massive growth in gluten sensitivity and all of that stuff. And so <clears throat> people aren't going to stop eating grain we wanted to diversify the grain they're eating. And so we focused on ancient grains. Um, a lot of those aren't even cereal crops. So quinoa is really popular right now. It's a pseudo cereal. It's not even a real cereal. It's a seed of a broadleaf plant. And so they get grouped into the ancient grain category. Yeah, so that's really um, my passion behind ancient grains is that I feel like we need to make ancient grains part of the modern table again. And um, that we may fix some of our fundamental health problems if we do that. Interesting. They're also for farming because um, they help give more variety to our farmlands, which helps make farming more sustainable. Oh, that's wonderful. So it's it's a 360 view of, mm -hmm. of this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, our mantra as an activist is to look at food and, you know, the food we eat as a part of a system. It's not just A plus B equals C. It's really more of like a algorithmic kind of a approach that involves many different things. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. How do, you, how do you go from registered nurse to entrepreneur? How did, how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, that's actually been really difficult to be totally honest because I didn't have any formal business training. Um, but I was a botanist um, as my first career. So I was an ethnobotanist and studied how people use food for medicinal plants was my focus, uh, medicinal chemistry, but also food. And so I was always really passionate about food being part of your best therapy for health. And then as an RN, um, again, I saw that in practice. And then I just started taking business classes. So thank you, Women's Business Center. Um, SNAP, uh, NIC has a great business mentorship program you can sign up for. And, um, you know, of course, all the wonderful people out there in the world that donate their time graciously to help budding entrepreneurs uh, learn the ropes. Because when I started, I could not have told you the difference between a net margin and a gross margin, let alone a contributional margin, you know, like the real nuances of business. And that's been a really, uh, it's been a tough learning curve, to be completely honest. I wish I had an MBA. Going into did you, did you ever think in your wildest dreams you'd be doing what you're doing today? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't at all. I thought I'd be a nurse practitioner, probably in private practice with somebody somewhere. Sure. Is it was it because um, did it start because your your family had food allergies and it gave you the yeah. idea? Is that is that yeah, what it started? That's how it started I we just started making different things and because of my chemistry background I was able to take the unusual grains and go okay we removed the gluten we removed the dairy we removed the eggs because I'm very allergic to eggs myself how are we going to chemically replace those things so that the performance is still what you'd expect out of a baked good 
And so we were able to chemically engineer it using all natural ingredients. And then I'd bring it to work and say, hey, guys, try this. Let me know what you think. And people would just freak out. They were like, oh, my gosh, that's the best cookie I've ever had. And it's like gluten-free vegan, you know, all of that stuff. So that's kind of how it started. <laughs> Outstanding. Where, um, where do we find your products now? How do we buy them? Well, right now, Amazon is is really a huge channel for, for us. That's how we reach the majority of people. Um, we do work with independent retailers. We work with a lot of independent retailers in our area, but even more in uh, along I-5, uh, California, <laughs> Nevada. We have a great uh, customer following and out of state. I would like to have more presence in the state of Idaho, to be totally honest, because we don't even have our baking mixes available in Boise. I would love to, we've been trying, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, so if anybody out there wants our product somewhere, let that grocery store know and they'll make it happen. Is it your vision to take this nationally? Yes, yeah, and we already, you know, with Amazon that allows us to ship nationally and even overseas. And in fact, we're developing we went to Korea, so we're developing a product line for Korean markets, also via e-commerce um, in Japanese markets as well. We've had customer inquiries from Saudi Arabia, Europe, all over the world. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're actually going to be an international company. That's our plan. How do you find the time? Oh, you, you don't. <laughs> Especially lately, it's been really extra tricky. But um, really good time management is really, you know, product management to, or time um, project management tools um, to, to do lists on steroids, essentially. So because you really can't waste any time. I've gotten really deliberate about cutting things out that really were kind of a waste of time, like thought processes that I was like, why am I why am I taking an hour to think this through when I really only need 10 minutes at the end of the day? And that's a discipline thing. So there's a lot of really great books out there for refining that discipline. So true. I read a great one called Essentialism, which basically says just do the things yeah. you want to do and start saying no to things. And it's very freeing and it allows you to have yeah. a yeah. prioritization, right? And more time. Well, and a lot of the things that we do are really kind of a waste of time when you when you scrutinize them and think about it. And so I've been much better about that. But I do miss my friends. Like I haven't gotten a lot of social time in the last yeah. year and a half. And that's been a little sad because I'm sure people out there take it personally and it's not, you know, but with three kids and a business, there's just, you know, a spouse to, you know, to spend time with. There's just not enough time in the day. Yeah. From a, from a, your, from your business standpoint, any sense of what you'll be doing differently in the next three to four months? Oh yeah. The next three to four months are going to be uh, a, quite a roller coaster. Uh, we brought on a brokerage group that we're getting traction into, um, you know, again, Southern California markets, Arizona, Texas um, is another focus for us is, Texas um, retailers in Texas, and we're it's really going to be us now closing that cash gap cycle because when you grow at a really dramatic rate, you have to have the cash flow to support that, and you know you end up with a little bit of a mismatch because the timeline, the time cycle here is different than the time cycle there, and when you're growing at a hockey stick rate, it's tough. So yeah, you'll probably see me, you know, doing some business pitches, trying to get some. Um, great investors on board that have experience in this industry that can 
um, not only add finance, but some great insight as well. Good for you. I'm sure people uh, hear your story and they say, oh, I, I could never do that. And I, I'm sure you had conversations with yeah. yourself along the way, like, oh, know, yeah, what am I doing? What, what, are you t- what would you tell people that have a dream or that have this idea just yeah. like you? What, what do you tell them? Um, I, I, well, right now, I think from the perspective where I'm at now versus where I was a couple years ago, just really be ready to make a lot of sacrifices and to grow and painfully grow, which I think when you're middle-aged, I mean, I'm like mid forties, people get really stuck in their ways. So it's kind of hard to change those patterns and to make those sacrifices when you're used to watching Netflix every night and you don't get to anymore because you're up working on pitch decks and spreadsheets. You know, that's the reality of entrepreneurship. Um, You hear a few unicorn stories, but they're, they're pretty far and few between when you really do the digging. So, yeah. And then again, I just tell people just reach out to entrepreneurs and reach out to people who are supportive, like people like John Williamson, it, there at, at, at Boise State, you know, it yeah. reach out to those resources. They're amazing. Like not only do they offer great practical business support, but they offer great emotional support when you're like, what the heck am I doing? This is crazy. I just want to throw in the towel. You know, those are the people that start to go, hey, how can we help you? Because you, you know, you just need, you know, we need to look at this differently, you know? So yeah, I'm really grateful. Boise has an amazing support system for businesses. Well, congratulations to you and everybody look for Snacktivist products in the yeah. I-5 corridor, Texas, yeah. uh, California, Arizona, yeah. and then Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully more in Idaho soon. So if you have any Idaho places, tell them, yeah, that you you want to see us there. So we'd love to have more local um, retail support. That would be like one of my dreams right now is to have that to fall into line, uh, inland Northwest too, like Eastern Washington. So yeah, it's great stuff. Wonderful. Well, you're an entrepreneur changing the food world, the snacktivist. Joni, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Sure. You're welcome. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Congratulations. Bye. Bye.